Welcome to the Popcorn Wine Down with Tammy and Eddie. Grab your popcorn, get yourself a glass of wine, and come hang out with us as we discuss TV shows, movies, music, and pop culture. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wine Down. Thank you for joining us. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. And this week we will be reviewing Vagabond. But for now, let's get to the wind down. Tammy, did you hear the news about Sean Connery? Yes, yes. I'm the one who sent you the text message. You Um, did. Yes. um, Because, like, I was just on Facebook, just, you know, kind of scanning through, seeing what everybody was posting. And one of my um, international friends, I have a couple of them, one of my international friends, she posted it with, you know, crying face, tears just bald, like just rolling down her face. And I was just like, oh. I was like, oh, I got to text Eddie because <laughs> I know like she loves him. And we literally had this discussion about him like, what, two weeks ago, I think? Yeah, when we, we were, were talking mentioning about- like James Bond and everything like that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah so. I definitely heard. My mom's going to be sad, too. Like, I, I text her, and I was just like, because she loves him as well. She considers him to be the best Bond as well. So, yeah, um, um, yes, just sad news all around. Yeah, so rest in peace, Sean Connery. He was 90 years old. Um, he was the first, and some say the best James Bond. I would happen to be in agreement with that. Um, I haven't heard anybody Pope. disagree with that. Like everyone that I talked to says that Sean Connery was the best James Bond hands down. So there's no yeah. argument on that. Um, Daniel Craig is a close second to me. Uh, not a close second, but he he would be second. But it's, it's like Connery and everybody else. And then you could just start a list after Connery. Just, okay, period, you know, it's Connery. Then you start a new list. But um <laughs> So, yeah, and he also won the Oscar for a movie I know you haven't seen. I'm not even going to break my heart anymore, but The Untouchables, um, 1987 Untouchables, about um, Elliot Ness's quest to bring down Al Capone. So um, it was a great movie. I highly recommend you watch it. It's going on my team. I'm going to start a Timmy must-watch list and then just hope and pray that one day you'll surprise me and say, hey, I watched this movie. I hated it, but I watched it. (laughs) is such a Tammy response. <laughs> so <Good job>. um, <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> know you and I love you. But yeah, so um rest in peace to Sean Connery. And you yes. know, I've had he's my he's my grandpa crush. I'm not really into older men, you know, but I always said he was he was the grandpa that could get it. I hope that's not too disrespectful, but <laughs> Even even if it is disrespectful, you've already said it and it's already been recorded. So <laughs> it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, so rest in peace to Sean Connery, who was 90 years old. Um, and also Whitney Houston is still making history. Um, two bits of history. Uh, I will always love you actually hit a hundred million YouTube views on the video this week. So and that is a classic song. Yes. Love it. Love it. And Whitney has this way of making songs her own because it took I it took me a long time before I actually realized that was a remake of a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. And <laughs> Dolly is Dolly, but damn it, 
the, Whitney took the original that. Kent. That's Whitney's song. That's Whitney's song. Yeah, Whitney through. took it and made it her own. Because when I hear the Dolly Parton version, I'm like, oh, Dolly, you're great, but no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, girl. Like, why are you? My response is, what are you doing to Whitney's song? Ooh. And then whenever somebody performs the song, they sing it the Whitney version. They never sing the Dolly Parton version. It's always the Whitney Houston version that they're mm-hmm. singing. Yeah. And so, and not only that, but she's also the first uh, female and first Black artist to go triple diamond. Um, and what that means is uh, she has three albums that have all gone diamond. And diamond is when your album is 10 times platinum. And her second album, Whitney, which is one of her best, um, it went di- it went triple platinum this week. So it's now diamond status. And that's, that album featured uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, where do broken hearts go? When I when I used to think I could sing, Whitney would be the one that I would sing, um, you know, try to sing and butcher. So, but yeah. <laughs> so congratulations to Whitney Houston. And they're also coming out with an official sanctioned Whitney Houston biopic. Um, her family and her estate, her mom, um, they're all involved with that. So oh, stay are they, tuned. Are, gonna, are they going to do an honest depiction of Whitney? As I stated, they're coming out with an official Whitney Houston biopic. So um, her mom, you know, um, no disrespect to chose to see her daughter in a specific light. So it will be interesting to see how they cover the Bobby Brown years, um, you know, and other things. But yeah, so I don't I don't know how honest of a depiction it will be, but we can just say it's the quote unquote official biopic. No, that's cool. That's cool. I definitely, of course, I'll watch it. The one thing I want to say, like, Whitney Houston was always, like, my go-to. I remember when I was sent to the islands to hang out with my family, and I was bored out of my mind because, you know, I'm an indoor person. I don't do outdoors. And um, my cousin went, and she bought the Whitney Houston DVD of all her music videos, Mm-hmm. like her most popular music videos and I remember and if I ask her she'll be like yes I remember every single day I would sit there every day in the living room and I would pop in that um the tape yes it was a tape into the VCR <laughs> that's how old it is and I would play it over and over again just sit in the living room they'd be like hey you want to go to the store um, when this is over, when this is over, it's almost done. It's almost done. And nobody could talk to me when I was watching the music videos of Whitney Houston. Like she was just phenomenal. One of the greatest artists of all time. So I'm yeah. definitely happy to hear that news that um, she's still selling it. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she will forever be loved and missed. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think there'll ever be another Whitney, you know, um, yeah, there, I, there won't. But also, speaking of music, the AMA nominations, American Music Award nominations came out. Our faves, BTS, were nominated for two. And they are also rumored to be performing twice. Um, one of the songs we know is going to be Dynamite. And word has it that they might be performing their new song, Life Goes it's On. It's been confirmed. So, it's been confirmed. Ah, it's been confirmed. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we got to stay tuned for the American Music Awards, and they will be um, airing on November 22nd um, at 8 p.m. Eastern spe- uh, Pacific time. I was about to say specific, girl. <laughs> um, and The weekend and Roddy Rich were led all 
uh, nominees. They had nine each, and Megan Thee Stallion had five. Go, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, She's killing it. She is killing it. I'm sorry. The Weeknd and Roddy Rich had eight nominations each. Megan had five. So um, she's savage about it. Are you going to watch the AMAs? I'm... Are you going to watch them live? Or are you okay, just going to okay, YouTube okay, the okay. performances? The real question is, am I just going to text you and tell you to tell me when BTS gets on? <laughs> yeah, that's the real question. So am I going to be responsible for watching them live and texting you to yes, say, hey. You know you're okay. going to be responsible for watching it live, even if you have it on mute, and just texting me like, yo, BTS is about to come on. Because... Award shows aren't what they used to be. And and this was even before Corona happened. Like, I used to be so excited to watch every award. Like, I used to watch the BET Awards. And that used to be at the bottom of my list. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it used to be at the bottom of my list. And I used to even watch the BET Awards, the Hip Hop Awards, everything. And then slowly, it's kind of like, it's not what it used to be. So I don't have the excitement. But I do like to see certain performances of certain artists. So, and then I like to read the articles afterwards telling me who won. Um, like, I'll tell you right now that BTS is going to win the award for favorite social artist. Uh, definitely, won, ARMY's going to see it. Yeah, they've won every single year um, since they actually put themselves in for it. So they're definitely going to win favorite social artist. And they won last year for favorite duo. So we'll see if they can do two years in a row. But yeah, I'm not watching it live. You can just text me. Yeah, I, I agree with you about the decline in war, award shows. I don't know what it is, but they're not, they, they aren't what they used to be. The only no. ones that I watch strictly pretty much all the way through are would be the Golden Globes yes. and the Oscars. And mm-hmm. um, even the Emmys, I, I'll watch those just because, you know, that's, that's where I, watch I the hope to Emmys. be one day. I watch the Emmys and the Golden, like the Oscars, the Oscars usually gets me every single year. But um, when it comes to the Golden Globes, I've, I skipped, I think I skipped last year. Um, it all depends on the host. So I'm really, really excited because I believe Tina Fey and, oh my God, what's her partner? Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler are coming back next year to um, host the Golden Globes. I'm really, really excited. So of course, I'm going to watch that because I found them to be the best host that I've seen since I really started to sit down and watch the Golden Globes. Um, so I'm really excited about that. But yeah, it's just, the concept isn't there. And I know I may be unpopular for this, but you know who I love? I loved Ricky Gervais, especially oh, his yeah, first time. He don't, give, he don't yeah. give no fuck. He, yeah, he's right up there. You know, if you don't give a fuck, you already make my list because you know that's where I'm at all the time. Like, if I have a fuck to give, someone gave it to me and I'm trying to give it away. <laughs> yes, but no, no. So and those I, are my people. I, I love the fact that, like, he'll go after people for the nonsense that, everybody else is like no 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 don't don't say that you know let's let's kind of like let that go and he'd be like no like we're gonna bring this front and center because it's better to face it head on and me to make fun of it and then get blamed for the fact that I'm making fun of your shit rather than you having to deal with the nonsense like and I think that's one thing that he does is he brings attention to it but then he takes the negative on himself because he's so used yeah. to it because of the kind of um comedian that he is so when he makes that fun dry of certain, yeah. humor, so when he makes like certain just, fun, yeah. I'm just like he he's actually helping y'all out, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he helping y'all get over your shit because he don't fuck he don't care who talk about him. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, but yeah, I, I'll do that. I'll take one for the team. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Um, 
because before you, honestly, I would just DVR and then go back and go through my go through the performances and I kind know, of go back and see who won later. <laughs> it wasn't last time. Well, oh my god, I forgot what award show were we watching, and I was just like, "Are they on yet?" And you were like, "I'm not even watching it." And then you had to like kind of start like focusing. I know I had to turn it on, <laughs> turn it on mute, and so I was like, "Okay." So you, so you um, tell me when they were coming on. <laughs> So we're we're taking a turn, you know. Uh, when we were coming up with this, we were trying to figure out all the things that fit into pop culture, and it's everything just melts in. So we're gonna do it. We're gonna go to my other favorite love sports and uh, future hometown team, Los Angeles Dodgers. Although I am a diehard Yankee fan, but I still like the Dodgers. Go Yankees! I can cheer for them. <laughs> I can cheer for them because they're in different divisions. You know, that's how I justify it. Mm-hmm. But. When they it, when they actually end up playing each other in the World Series, I'm ride I ride or die with the Yankees. So let me just put that out there. So the Dodgers won the World Series, and it was great. First win in 32 years, I believe. Yes. And in, instead of talking about their win and how how iconic it was, and everyone spent the whole next day and couple of days talking about their third baseman Justin Turner, who, um, I, you know. Baseball have their own little semi-bubble, especially for the playoffs, and so they were testing players. And I guess his test results came back during the game, and he actually tested positive. So they pulled him in the seventh inning, had him isolated in a doctor's office um, at the Arlington Stadium. Then when the Dodgers win the game, that fool comes back out, even though he's masked, okay? He comes back out onto the field, starts celebrating with his team, takes the mask off. When they tell him to put the mask on and leave the field, he refuses. I was because he's an asshole. Is, yes. If I would get sick, if I were a Dodger or anybody on that field and I came down with the Rona, I don't care who I'd been in contact, I'm blaming him and I'm kicking his ass. Like for real. Oh, I'm I'm with like, you on that. I'm with you on that because and then I want to know like how did your teammates really respond to that? On the fact of saying that you tested positive, they know you tested positive, and you took it upon yourself to go because you wanted to celebrate and you couldn't even keep your mask on as you celebrated because you knew you were positive. Like, like seriously, dude. Yeah. That like, that's the height of selfishness. I, it, it pissed me off on so many levels. Like I said, the conversation should have been about the Dodgers and their historic victory and all of that. Instead of talking about this asshole who, couldn't even keep his mask on like uh, yeah I, I I have words but I don't think I don't think we want to start re-recording this because of the words it just it, it it took away from the momentum of the Dodgers winning after 32 years even in the middle of um the coronavirus they should get you know to be able to fully celebrate and to get the attention that they deserve and he not only put his teammates in danger and anyone else who was on that field as he was celebrating. But he also took the attention away from the significance of the Dodgers winning. And their accomplishment. Yeah. So I, I like I said, it's the height of selfishness, assholishness, whatever else you want to call it. I, I just, like I said, if I got sick, I would automatically blame him and I would go and start kicking his ass. Like, so, <laughs> um, Yeah. And that brings us to, you know, our cat. I just added this section because I figure every week we have casting and production delays and updates. So, yeah, it, we're at that point now. 
And one thing I'm really excited about is I love Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, do you watch Atlanta? Nope. Okay. I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's in Atlanta. And uh, he is Are going you to play. I don't know who he is, though. No, I know you do. <laughs> I was just asking if you if you watched Atlanta. Gosh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, you should, but that's okay. I'm going to add that to the team. We must watch this. <laughs> And he's going to play uh, the first black samurai named Yasuki. And um, and it's an anime, and it's going to be on Netflix. And you know I've been trying to get into anime for a while, and I've had so many people recommend different shows, but they've all been at different points, and I don't like watching stuff from the middle. So I decided that when this show comes out, I am going to watch it from the very beginning. And one thing I was excited about is that apparently Yasuki was a real person. So that makes it even a little bit more interesting to me that, oh, wow, there was a really a first black samurai. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. Are you going to watch? No. Okay. I don't watch cartoons. Would... You know I don't watch cartoons. It's anime. Anime, anime, anime cartoons. is different it's from cartoons cartoon. with a different name. Don't, don't even try. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anime is cartoons by a different name. It's still cartoons. It's anime. <laughs> okay. I'm just gonna... <laughs> And um, J-Lo and Army Hammer, they've been cast in a movie called Shotgun Wedding. Um, and it's about a couple who get cold feet at their wedding, um, their destination wedding, and then they're taken hostage. Are you going to watch it? Do you want to watch it? I do. I do. I like J-Lo. J-Lo's my girl. I do too. You know, Jenny's on the block. Uh, Jenny from the block. Jenny from the block. I have mixed feelings about Army Hammer. He's hit or miss with me sometimes. So um, I'll be interested to see. But she's producing as well. So, you know, I'm all about that. Um, so, yeah, I added it to my list. And finally, Richard Pryor biopic. Yes, is a go. Kenya Barris from Blackish, um, creator of Blackish, is writing and producing. And directing. Um, no word on who's going to star yet, but um, I'm excited about this. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? I am not a Richard Pryor fan. Um, that was my heartbreaking. I, I, I never. Yeah, he never appealed to me. But um, he was in that movie Toy, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That was cute. I like that one. I'm surprised you've seen it because it's so old. It's, yeah. I, it was actually um, one of my favorite childhood movies, Toy. I watched it all cool. the time with my mom. With him and Jackie Gleason from The Honeymooners. I love The Honeymooners, um, the originals in black and white. But um, so I'm excited about this. Richard Pryor was one of those comedians that I kind of, you know, I had to sneak and watch like my mom. He was he was before my time, but my mom used to have some of his uh, movies and some of his uh his specials on VCR back when you know the VCR was a thing and so I would sneak and watch some of them and then me and my friends we would sneak and watch and he is as raunchy and as as they say but he was amazing and um he did a he did his own story Jojo Dancer Your Life is Calling and I remember that movie and it it, it even showed the part where he blew himself up getting high off of heroin so um yeah I, I just hope in this time, in this, in these politically correct times, that it doesn't get watered down. 
but I don't I don't think it will. His widow's also involved in that, so I'm excited about the Richard Pryor movie. I'm not gonna ask if you're gonna watch. I'm gonna watch but, it. You know. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And our girl Mindy Kaling, she's gonna star in the adaptation of Good in Bed for HBO. Um, she's also producing. She's not going to write, um, but it still should be good. Um, it's based on a book by Jennifer Weiner, and uh, she'll play a reporter who is a hot mess. But, you know, it's Mindy Kaling, and so I'm excited to see that. And Oscar Isaac is joining the Marvel Universe as Moon Knight. Have you ever heard of Moon Knight? Of course not. I hadn't either, but apparently Moon Knight is uh, schizophrenic. And uh, I know that's not the politically correct term, but he has multiple personalities and he takes on all these aliases and they don't become aliases. They're actually become real live personalities. And um, just reading about it, it seemed really interesting. But I'm also excited because Oscar Isaac will be the first ma- major uh, Latinx character or um, in in the Marvel Universe, so this is good. And they also plan on weaving him into um, the MCU 4 and MCU 5 um, phases, so in some of the movies and things like that. So um, I believe Moon Knight is going to Disney+. Plus. So there's a lot going on this week. And finally, Assassin's Creed is getting a TV series to, to hopefully make up for that horrible movie. Did you ever see the Assassin's Creed movie? Yes, I did. It's Michael Fassbender, of course I did. I know, and I love Michael Fassbender, and that movie was so, I yeah, it hurts me to say that movie was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I had, I had high hopes because it was Assassin's Creed, and then you add Michael Fassbender to Assassin's Creed, and you knew it was going to be good, and it was hard, it was hot garbage. And so, hopefully, the TV series Queen of Netflix will uh, redeem that. And, um. We'll get to see our first look at the new Batwoman in the new Batwoman costume um, on November 17th when it premieres on the CW. So excited about that. And now for this week in the KKKKK pop, we really do need a sound effect or a jingle. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, TXT released their new album called the mini sewed was it mini mini sewed is correct yeah mini sewed and um the title track or the uh the lead off track was a song called uh blue hour which is a great little bop i love the song um i love the cd and uh twice also uh released a new album this week i'm not a big twice fan actually i haven't really listened they're only significant the fact of saying that they came out before got seven And there it is. Um, Got seven. Still no word on Got seven. Not even a date. Not even a date. JYP. (laughs) I have a feeling you're about to join the netizens and start sending strongly worded letters to these. Heck yeah! I need a date. Just give give me a date. Even if you have to change it later, can I get a date so I can feel my excitement over knowing that they're coming back at some time this month? You got a date. TBD. That's not funny, Eddie. <laughs> uh, you either laugh or cry. Touche, touche. And I felt like you were going down that Unabomber trail where you were trying to think of ways to blow up. JYP, you sure so, you right. Know. You sure right. I don't know. 
I don't have Korean bail money. I barely got American bail money. I can't bail you out of a Korean jail. <laughs> and um, also, now, we, we're all so excited to get back to the normal world and find ways to adapt to this new, hopefully temporary normal. And Korea held their first offline concert. Um, it was like a drive-in show, and it turned into a shit show. Like, um, the fans were getting out of their cars. They were stomping all over people. Um, it, it sounded bad. Um, yeah, it started out really, really good. It's a two-day festival um, <clears throat> called the Korean Music Drive-In Festival 2020. So the way that they did the offline concert was that they had everybody stay in their cars and you would just enjoy a live performance from um, a lot of groups. Like even uh, like ATs, which I know you don't like them, but... <laughs> they performed god no <laughs> um other groups that i know is like everglow performed nctu which is one of their subunits of nct because they got a million and one members um oh lucas huh is that lucas? i don't think that's lucas i don't think that's lucas's um oh. subunit um astro pentagon uh they had some yeah they're not like the big groups but they they're very significant they're very popular in Korea so they performed and um when certain people got onto the stage then all of a sudden because the fans they keep saying were so excited that they were getting out of their cars and they were like literally like skipping over their vehicles to get closer to the stage to get pictures and that's when it became kind of a shit show compared to what they thought it would be um, they had to literally stop the concert in order to tell people to get back into their car before they would start the concert back up. Um, and it just kind of looks bad because now for anyone else who was thinking about having an offline concert, you're going to have to think twice because this is what happens for the fans, right? Because we were talking about at one time BTS, how they were supposed to have half of their concert was going to be offline and the other half was going to be online for their fans. And they had to cancel that because BTS is too huge and they knew that the rules were going to be broken for them. So they just canceled the offline part. But I guess they didn't realize how big the groups were that were there. So, yeah. So it, yeah. Turned, into a cra- just... it turned into chaos and craziness. And they were called out. Like, I will say one thing is, is that there were people who were there who stayed in their cars and they, they went crazy on Twitter calling out the fans and everything like that and telling them, like, y'all need to get this under control um that this is just not good because then what if they cancel the second day and we'll see because it's supposed to be um october 31st you know korea's 14 hours ahead of us and then also sunday november 1st so we'll see how the concert for tomorrow goes but for right now you know it is what it is yeah (laughs) that sucks also, in this kind of sucky news, Stray Kids, they were snubbed at this year's Mama. They weren't even, I can't believe they weren't nominated for it. And they broke one records. Mama. Like, they broke records. They're one of the most popular new groups um, in Korea right now, in K pop in general. And they weren't nominated. And I know, like, you're a fan. I'm not, I don't really, you know, um, like their music, but at least I can acknowledge the fact that they are way more popular than what um, Mama gave them credit for since how they were nominated for nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I I love the Stray Kids. Well, um, and that does it for this week's Wine Down. Come back and join us after this wine break for Vagabond. 
Hope you enjoyed your wine break. Welcome back. Let's get into Vagabond, uh, which is a South Korean drama series starring Lee Sung-ji and Suzy Bay. Lee Sung-ji plays Chao Del-jang. Yes, I'm totally screwing up the Korean names. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Um, who is a who's a former stuntman. And after his nephew dies in a mysterious tra- uh, plane crash, he makes it his mission to find out um, not only what happened, but who was responsible and bring them to justice. And I just want to say thank you, Tammy, for recommending this show. Um, You're welcome. I'm two for two. I'm two for you, two. You are two for two. So tell me, what did you think? Um. Okay, well, I knew I loved it. And like, I when I first suggested like Itawan class, remember like I was telling you how I had two other shows that I wanted you to watch. And I was like, nope, nope, she's not gonna enjoy those. <laughs> so then I suggested Itawan class because it was so like drama filled. And then when I was thinking of the second one, I was just like, Vagabond is so good. Like, I want to put that on the list. And you were like, okay, we can do it. Um, But I loved it. I loved and we talked about this, but I love the fact that, like, when the show first starts, the main character, like, you thinking, like, he's a friggin' screw-up, and I'm like, what is he gonna do? Like, he chasing people down the street, like, dude, like, you're not gonna do anything. And then you realize that, oh, shoot, like, no, 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 he got this. Like, like, like he about that life. He was a stuntman, but he actually used, like, all of his skills, because he was actually, what was he a black belt in? Is it Taekwondo? Judo. Um, Judo. Yeah, it, yeah I want to say it was one of those mixed martial arts. It was some form of Taekwondo, Judo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he kind of uses all of his skills to find out who is responsible for the plane crash that killed his nephew, which I loved. I loved his nephew. He was so adorable. His nephew and, was adorable. And he, he was so, like, he was so mean to his uncle, but you knew the whole time he was mean, like, he loved him. Like, really, really loved him. And he was just like, what about when you promised that you would be this? And what about when you promised that you'd be, you know, a star in Hollywood for mixed martial arts? And, you know, why would you quit your job if you promised me? And I was just like, that is so, like, he was so cute. It was so cute. But, um... But yeah, like I love the characters. I even like the villains. Like I thought Edward Park was a great villain. And Jessica Lee, that was a heartless bitch right there. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I loved his nephew and you kind of get what you were saying about how you thought he was going to be a screw up. And that's because it, for the little bit that we saw his nephew in the first episode, his nephew referred to him as stupid uncle and you think that's so cruel but in a way it was like they had switched roles and the nephew was the grown-up and the responsible one taking care of his uncle instead of the other way around and um but you see one of the things I loved is how you see uh Dao Jean kind of grow and mature and evolve as a character from what we initially see to the very end where he's just someone completely different and um I I I loved all of the characters in here you're right some of my favorite characters were some of the supporting characters Edward Park was a son of a bitch oh my (laughs) god yes he was like he you know who he kind of remind me of right chairman Jane yeah (laughs) but he had the perfect 
he had the perfect uh, code name, Samuel, which they said meant death, which meant devil, because he was the devil. Mm-hmm. And um, just the way they played it, like, I remember when we were talking about it as I was watching, and you told me I wouldn't figure out the twist. I did figure it out. I kind of suspected him, but every time I would suspect him, I'd be like, no, it can't be. And I think what sealed it for me where I knew it was him was um, when they finally got Kim Woo-gi to court and the judge still held dynamic responsible for everything that happened, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And his response to that, I'm like, hmm, that's what confirmed to me. Like, I was like, okay, now how deep is he into this? Like he, like I knew he was involved, but his, and then I, I think a little bit later, a couple of episodes later, I, I figured out he was, uh, he was Samuel. But just his response, even for someone who's so nice as he seemed, that wasn't a normal response to you still being on the hook for millions, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars or billion of won, billions of won um, in Korean money for for uh, the family if you really had nothing to do with that, you know? Well, um, so, you know, like I had to rewatch it because I, I watched Vagabond in August, right? Because that's when I discovered um the show after was it after I think it was after I watched Itawan class is when I like sat down and I became obsessed with um Vagabond and I had to rewatch it to kind of remember certain scenes that I just didn't remember like I remember the gist of the story but I had to rewatch some episodes skip around a little bit just to kind of refresh my mind and in the first episode when they're going after Michael um and then his assistant I forgot what his assistant's name was did she even have a name Mickey is it Mickey Mm -hmm. okay when Mickey goes and kills Michael and then she walks to the car and I was like I missed this when I was first watching it and all you see is um Edward's hand with the cigar and once I saw that scene again I was just like how did I miss that (laughs) like it was very very quick but I was just like who else was smoking? Who else was smoking that cigar? I was like, that was a hint. That that was a clue, especially seen as how it was a woman who killed Michael. And I was just like, I, I like it was certain little scenes that once I went back and watched it, and I knew who like the evil person was and everything like that. I was just like, ooh, I I did miss some significant clues on how evil he was. Now, granted, when he first came down to talk to the bereaved families um, and he took his time, when he was upstairs just chilling and he was waiting for a certain time before he went down, I guess he wanted them to really feel upset and everything like that before he goes down and plays his old act. And I found that to be a little suspicious because I was just like, okay, that seems a little bit weird. Like, you really got these people waiting. Like, what What are you yeah. planning, you know? Yeah, like, there were times when I suspected him, and then there were times as you, as, you know, like, I remembered the scene, and I knew a woman killed him. And when Kim Mugi was on the boat, when they were on the boat, and he said he knew Jessica, I'm like, oh, crap, she was Michael's girlfriend. So, mm-hmm. okay, she- yeah, 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 I definitely got that hint. And I was like, okay, so now if she if she was Michael's girlfriend, you know she's connected to Jerome. So is 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 she? So at that point, I'm like, okay, is she working behind his back, or is he really the one pulling the strings? So I was still questioning a little bit, 
But once um, the court scene and the, the verdict came down, I pretty much knew I'm like, okay. But yeah, he still played that role. And one of the things like, I love the villains too, like you said. And even though I didn't agree with their motives, I understood their motives. And to me, it was so much better than it just being about pure money. Um, they were still corrupt and they were still, you know. But there was um, a purpose to their corruption. Yeah. And, and some people were, it was, some people were just about straight up money. Um, but they stayed, tr- the villains stayed true to themselves. Even um, the secretary, uh, Secretary Hoon, Yoon, who had tried to kill himself because, you know, he thought it was the thing to do. Even once he recovered, being from, coming from the brink of death, that man didn't have a change of heart. He stayed true to the evil bastard he was. <laughs> you know, and when he goes and tells you, when he goes and tells Park, oh, it's a pleasure to serve you. And I'm like, damn, dude. Like most people come going through that. They they have that come to Jesus moment quite literally and change their life. He's not. He's like, nah, I'm good. I am nah. who I am. But but even even then, like even um with those kind of characters, I feel like there was a purpose. Like even when um when I watched the scene again of um Edward explaining why he was doing what he was doing and i all i kept saying was dang that korean pride is strong (laughs) (laughs) i just kept saying like yo like y'all got some real korean pride like so certain decisions that you're making granted you're you're power hungry as well and you want to fully control the government because you feel your image of what the country should be is better than you know, kind of letting it progress on its own or going into politics yourself and changing it. Um, I, I still felt like everybody had a purpose. There was a reason why they were doing what they were doing. And it wasn't like, usually when you look at American dramas, it's always money reasons um, why people turn so evil. And it's just a different concept to see that it's not necessarily about the money. Yeah, the money was good and they're not going to turn it down if you give it to them. But that wasn't their number one cause for doing what they were doing. It wasn't their number one purpose. And I, I like I like that um, idea of it not always being about money. Yeah. The only one I don't think was a true believer. I think he was just a dumb ass. The who N- was N- going N- to... NIS, I'm dude? Yeah. Men mean, mean, mean Shake, what's his name, I believe, or Men J? The Min NIS. Men J. Yeah. Yeah, he was the only one who, who to me was just an he was just an evil dumb ass who was just gonna follow the money, you know, um, whatever to keep him out of jail, whatever was gonna get him paid. That's yeah. what he was all about. I, 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 um, I, I, I definitely, definitely, and he was willing to do what was necessary to save his own skin. Like, yeah, I think like he would be the one character where there was no inkling of him doing it because of the love for country at all. Like it had nothing to do with love of country. It had all to do with him protecting himself. And he was willing to use whatever, because when he was trying to beg, um, what was, what was his name? Um, gang. Chief when, gang. Yeah. Yeah. When he was trying to beg him, be like, just think of my wife and my three daughters. They're all in college. Like, help me out. Like you have to protect me. Who's going to take care of them. And I was like, dude, you're using your family to save your own skin. <laughs> like you don't care about your wife and three kids. No. Um, and the president was an idiot. Uh, he kind of reminded me of a slightly smarter version of Trump. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because 
he he wasn't concerned about running the country. He was just concerned about what made him look good and yeah. what made him seem like he had power. Um, but he was slightly smarter. He wasn't as I don't I, I'm not going to say he was as corrupt, but um, he that's just what he was. And so basically, everyone in the government got, who worked under him got to do what they wanted to do because they knew he was just going to go with what was the good press and. And it, it was kind of like when um, when Dow John talked to him, he was like, you only care about you. You only care about what makes you look good. That's how they knew that they could use you because they knew what to dangle in front of you, your own ego and your own pride. Yeah, they knew you what know? his weakness was. And they used it and against it, it was his it was his vanity. So I was just like, okay. Um, but yeah. He, so he did redeem were, himself. Um, but I, I knew it was coming when um Daljon like kind of turned him down on the help and he was just like you have my number call me when you need me and then when um he was talking to Lily when Daljon was talking to Lily and he was just like well how much how much would it cost to hire you and I was just like the president go to the president he got that money he got that money tell him to give you that money and then he went to the president and got that money and I was just like Exactly. But even then the president even then the president was like you're a bet you're the safe bet because I know you're not gonna die. So it was just like, okay, he still stayed true to who he was too. Yeah. He he kinda had he kinda had some moments of reflection, but it was just like, okay, you know. Um, but they all but they I, all did though. Like even even in the end when um Jessica ends up um partnering up with Hari. Oh, is it Hari? Hari? I think it's yeah, go Hari. Um, go Hari. Um, so when they partner up, like Jessica sees, stays true to herself and she says, Look, I'm gonna turn you into me because that's the best way to you for you to get to where you need to get to. And she's just like, See, now it's an advantage for me being the heartless bitch that I am. Well, Jessica was I okay, and I loved I loved the women. Like I loved how badass the yes. women were. All they of them no except shit. for Go Hari. Like, and here's the thing. I, I kind of was disappointed in Gohari's character because at first you saw that she really, you saw that she was a spy when they had her working in the embassy and you saw that she was really good at her job. Even though her personal life was a hot mess and she was kind of ditzy, I love that about her. But once she got back to the NIS, they kind of made it seem like she had no clue or maybe it's just like the way the men treated her and the way she allowed herself to be treated was like that she was just this dummy, like this low-life agent. But she um, did it to herself, though. Yeah. She, she did it to herself when she kissed um, the dude. I forgot what the dude's name is. Oh, when she was drunk and kissed him? Yes, because she did it in front of everybody. And that I think that's what changed the image that they had of her. Because first, she was new at the NIS. She was new at the NIS. They sent her to Morocco where she was stationed in the Korean embassy. All right. She proved herself there. But then when you come back, ain't nobody forgot the fact that you got drunk and you kissed a dude in front of all your coworkers. So I think that's how they were judging her. Cause even when he, um, the one that she kissed, even when he, he acted like she was dumb and that she couldn't do her job. And for a minute, she let him talk to her like that and to downplay her skill set. And then finally, like she called him out on it. And he was just looking at her like, uh-huh, you still got drunk and kissed me without permission, so. But it was funny because he had feel he, I remember asking you, he did have feelings for her because there were a couple episodes when they were in Morocco together 
and that scene where uh, she had cooked dinner for everyone, or she cooked, and they were going back and forth about the eggs. Oh, yeah. And she was like, "No, I made them for you." And um, she made three eggs because they were they. It was the four. Hey, of them. What did he say? He, he was allergic to it or something? Yeah, and his friend was like, "You weren't. You're not allergic. You remember that time we worked out? You ate all those boiled <laughs> eggs." And he was just like, "Uh." And he and then him and John were going back and forth about who was going to give her the egg. And finally, Dal John just chopped up the egg in her in her rice and was like, "Here, eat it." And so he did. I think he did have feelings for her. Um, he found her cute. And he was, I think like and he, he found was, her cute. He, he did see the cuteness of her because there were moments that I was watching where he smiled, like she would say certain things like when she stood up to him and like he was just staring at her and then after she kind of like went about her business a smile came on his face like oh shoot, okay, okay I see you. So there were moments where like he recognized that she wasn't a weakling and she wasn't going to just let him walk all over her. And then there were moments where she just didn't want to fight it. Like she's just like, you know, you do you. Yeah. Like she was, and you know, I think he realized when her feelings changed because um, he was jealous of her relationship with Dal John, you know, and there were moments where he was jealous of him and, you know, they, they were having this pissing contest and so I that was my one thing is I really wish she would have the her character would have stood up for herself sooner. I mean, because she was a badass, like when she punched Kim Mugi and you know, she was quite capable at her job. But um and I guess the one scene that really made me upset was when they were in the Moroccan embassy after it had blown up. Uh, I mean, yeah, in the embassy after it had blown up. And he was telling, he told her about Vagabond and he told her to call the chicken place. And she was like, but he goes, yeah, I wish it weren't you either. Like I, if anybody else but you, but I guess you're the only person I could trust. And I'm like, really dude? <laughs> like goes back, goes back to her foolishness getting drunk. I don't even think it was that because when she apologized for it, I just think, you know, I don't know. I don't think well, it was just the foolishness of her getting drunk. Well, but I think because it, it's partly like how, I mean, it, it, I'm sure it wasn't the full reason, but like thinking about like Korean drama, like in, in America, we'd be like, okay, it's not that serious, dude. Like, yeah, I was drunk. I kissed you. Okay, let's move on. Okay, check yourself. But like in Korea, they don't forget that stuff. They don't forget that. Yeah. They don't like forward women. They don't like women that's too forward. So that's her being very, very forward. She got drunk. She was very forward. She revealed her feelings in front of everybody. <laughs> so everybody knew how she felt about him. And that was embarrassing for him. I mean, yeah, I get the whole embarrassment thing. I get the whole embarrassment thing. But even after she apologized, you know, because and I guess like you say, it's just a culture thing, because after we apologize, we're like, dude, get over it. Like, I apologize. I know I made an ass. That's not how it works. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and that was the other thing that I, I did not like. And I've noticed in Korean dramas is that they're. I didn't I really wish they wouldn't have hinted around so much at the romance or the tension between her and Daljean. Like I, I really wish they would have gotten to the point where they actually admitted their feelings for each other. Um, but I did love the friendship and I did love the way that it progressed because I remember at first how they had each other listed in the phone. Like she had him listed as what I want to say pain in the ass or nobody or something. And he had her listed as unspecial agent or something. Oh my God. Yes. And then that. 
as they as they became better friends and got closer, he actually changed her to special agent, and I forgot what she had changed him to. I don't know if they showed us that, but um, yeah. So it was, you know, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I I there are certain things that um, as I watch more um, Korean drama, certain things that I notice. Um, and it annoys me when they do it in like American dramas as well that I'm watching when it's action packed. And the one thing that I hate that they do with the women is they make them wear heels. Why? Why? Why are they wearing heels if they're agents and they're going to be running around? Why are they not wearing flats like the dudes? Like they're special. Did she have on heels? I thought she had on sensible shoes for most of it. No, like there was there was this one scene where she has high heel boots on, and I'm just like. Girl, why do you have high heel boots on? And it was little, it's not, it's not, it wasn't that tall. It was very short heels. But the fact that they had any type of heels on those boots whatsoever, I was just like, please take those off. Where are you running to in those heels? Where? And, but they do it in other dramas as well, where the women have inappropriate shoes when they're supposed to be like agents or work for the government or something like that. And I'm just like, that's just a that's I guess that's the feminist in me it's just it annoys the heck out of me when I see like little things like that because I always notice it even if it's like one scene I'm just like take the shoes off take the shoes off (laughs) don't don't run in the shoes don't run in the shoes and another thing that I loved about this show is I loved the pacing um it was fast-paced it was action-packed and it got in maybe four seasons into one season it did and I know for people hearing that they're like what but it, it, it wasn't like they threw it worked. It's not like they threw in the kitchen sink trying to force all this stuff down your throat. It seemed like every four episodes you were watching a new show, like you got a new season of the show. And um, I, I must say that uh, it left me wanting more. I, I really wanted more Bag of Honor. Yeah, the last hated, episode kind of left it open. I hated the way it ended. And everybody does. <laughs> Yeah, especially considering it is a Korean drama and they're not known for doing more than one season. It's like, why the fuck would you end it like this? So, um, yeah, I, 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 that was probably my one setback. My one thing is, uh, you know, I didn't like the way it ended. It, it, yeah, it left me hanging. <laughs> it left everybody hanging. That was one thing that um, everybody was talking about when I was reading the comments and everything was that um, there has to be a second season. And it is true in Korean dramas, they do one season. Um, <clears throat> that's why, you know, they do 16 episodes. Some of the episodes will be an hour, an hour and a half. And then they go from there. Um, but yeah, so they're like, please tell me there's going to be a second season because how it ended is ridiculous okay but then you have to find time for when the actors can actually do a second season because uh Susie Bay has her new show that's out now called Startup on Netflix and and then the guy who I never ever remember his name um although he's like one of the top Korean actors um Lee Sanji Touche and um he also has a show that he's taping so it's kind of like um, when are y'all going to find a time? Because Susie also has another project after she finishes the startup. So it'd be like 2022, maybe, <laughs> when we finally get that. Well, for split. Netflix, that's right. Look, for Netflix, that's right on par. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a Wu Assassin's yay or nay, okay? Um, 
but I, yeah um two uh, two other things before we wrap up so i we said we love the villains and i don't think we gave two of the best villains their due and that was lily lily was my girl i love lily, lily was not a villain lily was a sweetheart lily she was an absolute sweetheart lily, loved her lily was a sweetheart with a nine in her pip pocket okay hey, well, she ain't gonna let was, walk all over her lily was ready to shoot you if she needed to but she was great. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Lily made and Lily also made it very clear she was about the money. Her services for high were for hire, and she was going mm-hmm. to the highest bidder. But she, you did see where she had her moral compass. Like she had lines she would not cross, and she didn't care. Um, but Jerome, Jerome, he was an ass. He was a son of a bitch, but he was sexy AF. First of all, Jerome did his job correctly, and I love that. Like he was focused. His job was he was an assassin, he was a mercenary, and that is all you got from him. There's no redemption of Jerome. And I love that. Like, he he was about finishing the job that he was hired to do. <laughs> I was just like, go ahead, Jerome. Like, yeah. But no, 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 no. So we're not going to talk about my North Korean um, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I, yes, the idiot. I loved him. Him and Lily were fantastic comedic duo. Like it was so entertaining to watch him and, and Lily, and Lily just treated him like shit sometimes. But then it's kind of like he loved it; like he really enjoyed it. And that was one of the things about this show, I guess, from my American mindset. I saw so many different spinoffs and so many yes. different directions. Like him and Lily could have their own show, and it would be great. You could do a show about the NIS, like Yi and Go Hyri and all of them, and forming a covert unit in the NIS. You could do one about how Dao Zhan ends up as a merc trying to get back to Edward Park. Just uh, like there was so, there's so much spinoff potential from this show. It is crazy. Don't, but, don't, give, American, um, don't give American TV any ideas because you know how we love to remake shit and mess it up. You could remake this show, but you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, the the vision I have for it would not be messed the, the, up. If and if they don't did, no I ideas. Would you know, you know, you know how America does. We mess up every make, remake we do. We don't mess up everyone. I I really think in the right hands, though, this could be a great show. Okay, so obviously the only thing left is yes, season two definitely it does deserve a season two. It deserves to be wrapped up. Everyone's asking for it. Even the comments I've read. Um, have seen have said that there should be a season two that they hate the way it ended uh, everything not because it was a bad ending just because it left us hanging and you know that Korean dramas are infamous for only being like doing one and done so I say season two what do you say I thought we already talked about how season two was a yes okay thank you Y'all see how she hurt my heart? She just be stabbing me in the heart. You be alright. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lily. Or was that Jessica? Jessica. Um, (laughs) You'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah, because Lily wouldn't have even asked. No. She would have. She would have wicked me. It would have just been a headshot. (laughs) Okay. So now, how many popcorns are you giving? Four point seven five. Um, dang, so, she didn't even hesitate. Did y'all hear that? Well, I already thought about this. Like when I was rewatching it today, 
um, just rewatching some of the episodes to kind of, you know, refresh my mind. And I like automatically was like, how many popcorns am I going to give this? And automatically it was like 4.75. Like, and the only reason why it doesn't get a full five is because remember when I told you that I think I skipped the first and second episode. Cause when I rewatched it today, there was so much stuff that I missed. So I'm just like, I kind of didn't focus on the first and second episode. The third episode is where they caught my attention and they had me all the way up until the 16th. Um, so that takes away the 0.25 on the fact that it took a minute before I fully like fell for the show. Um, but I loved it. Like I love the characters and the action and the drama as well as making me think like who is the evil one? Because there were so many potential evils but who was top dog, okay? Like, I had to really, really think, like, who was evil enough to actually bring down a plane full of children? Children now, all right? Which means you're going to get everybody. So um, I loved it. I loved it. I want a season two. I hope they do a season two. It was absolutely, it was so good. And I know I've said this before when it was Itawan class, like if you watch any Korean drama, but if you want to watch any Korean action series, watch Vagabond. It is phenomenal. And the main, the lead character, like the lead actor, he's great. Cause I'm currently watching another show with him that he did in 2017 and just as good. So you are going to fall in love with his character. You're going to fall in love with Susie Bay character and just the evilness of Edward Park and Jessica Lee because those some heartless motherfuckers okay but yeah 4.75 is going to be my popcorn rating for Vagabond what about you Eddie I agree I'm going to give it a 4.75 for pretty much all the same same page um yeah so my two the other quarter star that you know, went to my little picky peeves here. But other than that, it was a phenomenal show. So um, yes, please check out Vagabond and enjoy. Um, and that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. Join us next week when we will be reviewing a live. And until then, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Bye. Bye.